how, how close? How how closely do you follow the company? Well, if you have to closely follow a company, you shouldn't own it. Yeah. Really? No, I mean if you, I mean if you if you buy a business, it it doesn't grow faster if I go and stare at it. You know, I can't cheer for it. You know, more effort, more effort, or something like that. You buy it knowing there's 365 days a year, and you're going to own it for 20 years, so that's 7,300 days. And you know, they're going to things are going to be <laughs> different from day to day and year to year. You shouldn't buy it if the day to day stuff is Who, important. Who's that idiot? That's he knows nothing about stocks. Warren Buffett. It's amazing how many old, really rich people have that view of stocks, which is the opposite of what we're day trading taught on the radio every day it's yeah. up it's down um before we get into our stock conversation the quick update on jesse smollett is his new story is those nigerian guys oh yeah they attacked me yeah they attacked me in white face right. wearing maga hats i thought it was white guys right i didn't pay them to stage an attack they actually just attacked me right i paid them for something else on that check so i mean this and we will get back to the story but it's chilling White-faced Nigerian bodybuilders are roaming the Midwest looking for TV stars to to beat down. Chilling. Chilling times, Jack. (laughs) Marshall will have the latest in his news in about a half an hour. But getting back to the question of the markets and stocks and investing in that sort of thing, what a pleasure to welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Jason Moser, senior analyst for Motley Fool. He finds stocks that makes money and tells the world about them. Hello, Jason. How are you? I'm well, guys. How are y'all? I should have been stocks that make money. I am a native English speaker, and I can uh, conjugate verbs and everything. But uh, it's great to have you. How you been? I suppose we should we should we should start with: Do you agree with what Warren Buffett just said? Uh, Absolutely. You know, uh, Warren Buffett. I would say. I mean, I think I said this last time I was on your show. He's kind of our north star at the Molly Pool. We like to. We like to get in that mindset of investing like he does. And, and I tell you, the way he does it and the way I, I've always approached it, the way we teach our members, and I'm even teaching my kids the same perspective, really, is is what we call business-focused investing. And, I mean, to his point, you know, Starbucks is a business that you could stare at it every day, that stock price, and that's not going to make the business really do better or worse. But we look at instead of investing in stocks and instead of investing with that trading mentality of buying and selling frequently, we just look for businesses that we want to be owners of because that's essentially what a stock is. A stock is a representative unit of ownership of the underlying business. And I treat those businesses that that way. I walk into the business all the time and say, I am a stockholder. Clean that up over there. Or you're fired. (laughs) Well, I mean, I tell you what, it's interesting the way that my – the way we first introduced it to my daughters, they're now uh, 14 and going on 13, but they were around six and seven years old. We went into a Panera one day, and, and at the time, I owned Panera shares. And I, I said to them, I said, you know, what do you think about this? We actually own a little bit of this business. And that was where they said, what in the world are you talking about? Oh, cool. And that's what yeah. really started the conversation with us. And, good one. And I'll, do they, the, I'll, do the, I'll do the same thing with my kids. That's but a good one. You, but you implied you no longer have Panera shares. Sell! Sell Panera! <laughs> Hard, strong no, no, sell! No, 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 no. Remember, remember, Panera got bought out by private equity, so it's no longer a publicly traded company. Oh, okay, so I'll, I'll stand down. I thought down it was there. the end of the, bag, the bagel boom. <laughs> right. Bagels were going bust. Jason Moser from That's The Motley right. Fool is on the line. Hey, so listen, a, a bunch of high-profile IPOs, initial public offerings in recent days, yeah. including your, your, your Ubers and Lyfts and Airbnb and all your groovy 
modern hippie sharing economy stuff. Now I hear I got burned on an IPO years ago. <laughs> recommended to me there by a, a corrupt financial institution that everybody knows the name of. Oh boy, that got caught lying to people about oh uh, tech stocks. Mm. But anyway, I got burned on an IPO once, so I'm always hesitant when I hear about. I don't these. even know how to get in on one. What's the deal with IPOs, Jason? Well, I mean, I, you know, a lot of people get burned on IPOs from the very get-go, and that's why we typically don't even worry about trying to get in, in on them. And for the retail investor, just for the everyday investor like you and me, it's really difficult to actually be a part of that IPO because you, you tend to have to have a connection with either the underwriting bank or, or some other way to actually be in on that company before it goes public. But ultimately, you know, you look at an IPO and the company goes public in order to raise money. Right, I mean, that's what they're doing is they're selling part of their business to the public so they can raise money and grow. Uh, so for, for a company to go public, I mean, obviously an IPO, it's a good time to get a, a, an IPO where the stock price is booming. Uh, but oftentimes, you know, Wall Street loves IPOs because the underwriting banks that are taking these companies public, they make a lot of money off of that IPO from the fees involved with doing it. Investors don't see any of that. That's actually money the companies have to pay. Uh, so we typically look at IPOs and we say, all right, this business is now public. We want to give it at least a couple of quarters, watch them report okay. every earnings season and understand more how the business is actually this, running before this, we get in. This sounds like yet another example of how financial reporting is some of the worst reporting that's out there. Because, for instance, when Lyft uh, debuted their IPO, whatever it was, this Monday or last Monday or whatever, I've seen an all, you know, Good Morning American Today show, everybody smiling and talking about it and everything like that. There's no good reason for me to get excited about that that day. There, there isn't. You're right. I mean, that's financial media for the most part. They're focused on that day-to-day sensational headline in order to get the clicks because a lot of financial media is supported by advertising. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so certainly we, we try to espouse that longer-term view. Hey, we're interested in these companies that are going public, but you know, we're not saying go out and buy their stocks. Now we have the opportunity to research them and learn more about them and exercise a little bit of patience. And if the underlying business is good, then maybe we can look at getting ownership in the stock at some point down the road. You know, I see positive Sean looking twitchy, and we forgot to make clear, yes, you will get a chance to ask one question of Jason before he leaves, Sean. (laughs) So, listen, in in the fairly limited time, well, just very, very quickly, Jason, uh, let me posit this. Tell me if you agree or disagree. If some uh, broker comes to me, an average dope, and says, hey, Joe, i got a really great opportunity for you here. There's an IPO next week, and I really think it's going to explode. Blah, blah. Is that evidence that they're having trouble getting people interested in the stock, and I ought to beware? I, chances are yes. In most cases, the, the IPOs that are, that are slated to do very well, they'll end up being oversubscribed. In other words, there are a lot more people out there demanding shares than they have shares to actually give. Okay. Uh, so it kind of goes back to that retail investor. You and I don't really have an edge where that's concerned. Those big Wall Street banks do, and so we just don't really play that game from that perspective because I'm pretty sure. I mean, uh, and you guys put me on record here, okay, because I am fairly certain that when Lyft goes public, when Uber goes public in the next few weeks, we are going to see those stock prices significantly lower at some point over the course of the next two years okay. from their IPO price. Fair enough. Hold me to that, okay? Good to know. All right, so listen, this is the sort of thing that made my eyes gloss over as a poor college undergrad with a minor in econ, but the inverted yield curve matters. Can you just give yeah. us like a minute, 90 seconds on what it is and why it matters? 
Sure. So if you think about when you buy government bonds, you, you hear all about the treasury yield and the yield that the government pays on those bonds that the government issues. Typically, a short-term bond is going to pay you a lower interest rate than a longer-term bond. They have to give you a little bit more compensation in order to, to take that longer timeline because there's more uncertainty. So typically, you're going to have a higher interest rate with a longer-term bond. The inverted yield curve ultimately means that that longer-term interest rate starts to come down and actually below those short-term interest rates. And ultimately, for investors, the only reason why it really matters is because sometimes that inverted yield curve can be a sign that there are some recessionary conditions. There might be a recession on the horizon. Uh, what I would say as an investor is when you think there may be some type of recession or challenging economic time, that can be actually a really great time for investors because you're going to be able to pick up shares of your favorite businesses for you know less than perhaps you would be seeing them today. So you can sometimes get a good fire sale on some really good businesses when you see those, those uh, shorter-term economic conditions and economic challenges. Uh, coming up, and that's what an inverted yield curve would essentially tell you that okay. maybe there's some challenging times. We're ahead. talking with Jason Moser, the senior analyst for Motley Fools. Sean, you do get one question before we let him go. It's not about Game of Thrones, is it? No, it's not. No, I know all <laughs> I need to know about that. Um, Investing in dragons. So yeah. as as someone like me who is essentially using uh, mutual funds and ETFs for, for one of two things, A, getting exposure to companies that I physically can't afford because of their high stock price, things like Berkshire Hathaway, Amazon, for just kind of easy examples, and B, some kind of simplified diversification. Is there any reason for me to treat mutual funds differently from ETFs? So I think mutual funds, you want to give a close look, and the reason why I say that is because typically mutual funds are operating on a higher cost structure. They typically have higher fees. They have higher redemptions. They typically are rebalancing those portfolios, which can then result in tax implications. ETS, traditionally, those are, those are products that came after mutual funds. They're a bit more efficient from that perspective. So I would lean more towards ETFs further away from mutual funds, but regardless, if you're, if you're looking at mutual funds, understand the costs involved with owning those mutual funds because the the data out there is very clear. Most mutual funds do underperform, and they're just not very efficient. You can read Jason and his colleagues' excellent stuff at fool.com. I tried to get that website, then I went for idiot.com, jackass.com, dum-dum. They're all taken, but you guys got fool.com, and it's good stuff. Jason, it's always enlightening. Thanks a million. Hey, you got it. Thanks, guys. Thanks. And we'll have the link at armstrongandgetty.com so you can find it easily. I know you're still writing off losses for your alpaca farm, but alpaca fur could come back and be as hot as it was when it wasn't hot. Uh, Briefly in 1993, (laughs) although I do still have 17 alpacas in the backyard just in case. Right. It takes off. Right. Right. I got my breeding stock ready to go. Waiting. So I, should Waiting. Tell, I should tell my story about the, my uh, my woodshop teacher who raised worms because he thought that was going to be the hot new investment. Mm. Yeah. Getting, getting the ground floor of worm breeding. Plus, I just just because it's opening day for Major League Baseball, I have some very special baseball tape I want to play for oh, you. Cool. It's one of our favorite baseball tapes of all time. I want to hear it. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the, of the nation. Okay.
Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Speaking of music I like, and I owe him money, Gary Clark Jr., who I got into, and I've, I've streamed hours of his music, never paid a cent for it, but his new album is all anti-Trump. He decided to go super political. Man, just, boy. You know, it's your choice. You get to choose to do that, but I also get to choose to be turned off by it. Yeah. So, you know, I dig your rock and roll guitar stuff. I don't dig your anti-Trump stuff, so I'm not going to give you anything. Well, and I just, you know, what what the people are missing, because they want to express themselves, because we've become a people that identifies ourselves by our politics, and that is not the way America used to be. It used to be way down the list of how you would describe yourself. You know, I'm a husband, I'm a dad, I'm a Christian, I'm a Indian and whatever, I'm a blah, blah, blah. And then somebody might say, how about political? Oh, yeah, yeah, well, I generally vote Democrat. Somebody might say, way down the list. And now it's number one or two for the majority of people. And so I get it as a creative artist, you want to express yourself. But uh, listen, maybe, well, no, it's not. I was going to say maybe it's because we deal with this stuff all the time for our, our living. But people want a refuge from the anger. Right, right. They want to escape from the bitterness and the accusations and the recriminations and the rest of it. They don't want it, it in their face when they... Just want to dance or listen to a, a song that makes them happy or, or watch a football and game. And I or would whatever. feel the same way if his new album was anti Obama. I just don't want to hear about right. it. Right. Are you serious? I just I, don't I want to no hear about it. In it. Yeah. And just. Well, and it's, it's become so corrosive. Like you got this crisis on the border, the breaking point. This is not an argument for a wall or an emergency power, and it has nothing to do with Trump. There is a crisis at the border as the. Uh, the the uh, border uh, guys, the U.S. Customs and Border uh, Protection, detained 4,100 migrants on Tuesday. One day. They're on pace to exceed 100,000 this month, an increase of more than 30%. Thousands of them children. And and it's it's just absolutely drowning, overwhelming our system to deal with it. But we can't deal with it productively because we're all screaming at each other and, and separating in our camps. Every each side of this is going to have to give something they're not entirely comfortable with, and our Congress idiots have to do something. Right, end of rant. Some experts believe we need to remove the word "cyclist" from our language. Oh boy, that in a second. First, let me think. Okay. Go ahead. First, we get these texts all the time, as we've all played the game now. I assume, Florida man in your birthday. Oh yeah. Type in Florida man in your birthday. We got this text. And I like mine because Florida man in my birthday is man gets a, is arrested for throwing toilet through window. Right, that's a good one. Man is busted <laughs> for having another toilet. He's still a danger to the community. <laughs> but this person texted, uh, "My Florida man and my birthday is Florida man jailed for ten days for dragging a shark behind his boat at high speed." <laughs> oh my God! Wow. Way to go, Florida man! Wow! And we had the first ever Florida man playoffs this morning. Check the podcast uh, if you if you missed it. So listen, in honor of Major League Baseball debuting today, this is one of our favorite baseball tapes. 
a pitcher tried to hit another guy, and he's getting ejected. Nobody liked it, and the manager came out and decided to engage the umpire. as Terry Anderson engaging Tom Hallian, umpire, in the following discussion. Listen to me. Let me hear what I'm saying, okay? You get your shot. You had your shot right there. In the situation. Oh, why do you yeah. know the situation, Terry? Why okay. don't you get your shot, Tommy? Because that, that makes well, it worse. Terry, that makes I know it. The MLB did nothing to that guy. Nothing. Okay, that, that I, I can't God control that, it. Terry. I can't control that. You know as well as I do. Terry, you know where I stand on the whole situation. But that's... But, but that's, you're better than that, Tommy. You know that. Terry, listen, I'm telling you, our ass is in the jackpot now. Okay? Okay? That's I'm just telling you. You know what? That, that, that's, you got it. You got it. Don't get it. You got everything out. You're going to give us a shot. We're going to get a shot. How do they not mic these people all the time? You want to bring the best show in America. You want to bring people back to baseball? Mic these people all the time. Yes. Unbleeped. Yes. Having a chant, a cable channel where I can watch unbleeped. I want to hear the players. I want to hear the umpires. I need to know whose ass ah, is in a jackpot. Tommy! Right. It's unclear to me whose ass is in the jackpot here. <laughs> what? This is this is. Ah, Tommy, you gotta get the shot. We got a shot. MLB does nothing. <laughs> uh, that would be so entertaining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it, it took a while to bleep that short segment. It goes on for a long time, oh, if I it remember. it starts way before that and goes... I mean, right, and there's... Uh, I'm afraid there's foul language, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. It's kind of interesting to hear them uh, the discussing this. Yeah. Uh, I was. Uh, I got sucked into the YouTube vortex thinking about this tape, and there are a handful of tapes where managers are in the ump's face screaming, You gotta throw me out! Throw me out! My team's playing like they don't care! Just do me a favor and throw me out! Or are you out of here? <laughs> and then they eject him from the game. That's awesome. <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, latest word from insiders. The Mueller report is very substantial. Brits worried about Chinese tech company compromising their national security. And we've got one more blast from Justice Smollett's lawyer. Fantastic. I think Ramamanio and the police chief are going to get their day in this. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, Google something for me, would you, Sean? Since it's the opening day of Major League Baseball, what are the uh, predictions? Who are, who are the, who's who's going to be the, who's going to win at the end of the season? I just like to know going in who they think is going to be the best. Um, pick whoever you like. USA Today, ESPN, whoever. Let's get the news now, Marsha Phillips. Well, Special Counsel Robert Mueller's Russia investigation report is more than three hundred pages long. That's according to a ge- shorter than I would have guessed it was. Or is it? Is it? Just, I guess it's just a summary, right? But even with the summary, I would have wouldn't have surprised me if it was longer than that. Because that's a lot of interviews. How it? many appendices, Jack? I only have one. <laughs> not what I meant. <laughs> anyway, that is according to a Justice Department official and another person familiar with the report. The Justice Department saying that Attorney General William Barr discussed <laughs> the length of the report during a call Wednesday with the House Judiciary Committee Chairman Representative. Gerald Nadler. He told me it was a very substantial report, a very substantial report, uh, one that in my judgment a four-page summary can do no, cannot begin to do justice to. 
And Which is why everybody agrees the rest will be released as right. soon as it's yes. redacted for all the stuff we've talked about 50 it's, times. That's why politics is such a freaking stupid game. Yep. So if they hadn't released the summary and said, no, we're going to rate wait, redact the stuff that you can't see because it's secret, then we'll release the whole thing. They would have screamed and yelled about that. Oh, uh, yeah, the people have a right to know. You release a summary, and it's, oh, you can't summarize 300 pages. Right. They screamed out. There was no winning there. No, yeah, I, I don't know of a scenario, in, in whichever way this plays out, where everybody just goes, oh, okay. Well, well done. Yeah, well right. done, Mr. Why, Attorney General. I guess we just, uh, all right, let's focus right. on the next thing, then. I was surprised by the people who were willing to do that. Joe Scarborough kind of did that. Peter Baker in the New York Times kind of did that. So, okay, I guess we were wrong. I guess it's not collusion. So anyway, this healthcare thing, something in it, yeah. Uh, as opposed to continuing to fight, what do you got, Sean? Uh, World Series odds: the uh, the New York Yankees are favorites at five to one. Never heard of them. Houston Astros second at six to one. Mm. Then you got the little Jose Altuve still playing oh, with the Astros. I'm rooting for the Astros. Oh. Stands four foot nothing, but strong as a bull. I'll oh. get an Astros hat. That's that's tiny, right? Uh, and then uh, the Red Sox and the Dodgers are the next favorites. Oh, Red Sox, Dodgers, Yankees. Yeah, at least Houston gets a little love for the middle of the country. President Trump gearing up for a rally in Michigan. He's gearing up for a uh, barn burner of a speech. you got Trump supporters already been waiting in line, waiting in line for hours ahead of the actual event. It's going to be something. I mean, there's zero chance it's a snoozer. I mean, he's going to bring it. He's got all this pent-up two years' worth of anger. Oh, boy. I hope he doesn't say anything undiplomatic. British uh, cybersecurity inspectors have found significant technical issues in Chinese telecom supplier Huawei's software that they say pose risks for the country's telecom companies overall. The annual report says there's only really limited assurance that the long-term national security risk from Huawei's involvement in British telecom networks can be adequately managed. I can't believe so many of our European allies are continuing to use Huawei stuff. Yeah, it's nuts. It is nuts. nuts. Yeah, the U.S. government wants our European allies to ban the company from next-generation mobile networks set to roll out in the coming years. Uh, how, oh. do they, how do they not know what I know and, and our right. government knows? A Chinese company is the Chinese government. That's the way their system works. So you're, so you're allowing the Chinese communist government to set up a cell phone service in your country. That's crazy. The FBI moving in to review the Jesse Smollett case after Cook County authorities went ahead and dismissed all 16 counts related to lying to police. Oh, after. so he, he, didn't, he didn't make that up then. He was attacked? Okay, because they dropped the charges? I didn't realize it. Mm. Well, actually, the move came after Smollett performed a few hours of service to Jesse Jackson's push charities. Uh, at the behest of no one, as a publicity stunt. It's meaningless. And he also forfeited the, that uh, $10,000 bond. Remember, he gave up that $10,000. Yeah, well, that's odd, too. It's not something Wait a minute. people usually do. Yeah, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I was attacked and I was falsely accused. Right. But you can keep my tenger. Yeah. That's ludicrous. Anybody else, especially somebody with money and right. connections, if you got accused of something uh, that outrageous and you didn't do it, you'd be countersuing already. For a gazillion oh, yeah. dollars, you'd be suing the city. Jesse's lawyer, Tina Gladian, weighing in, saying two brothers who claim they worked with the actor to stage the attack are lying about Smollett's staging work. 
She says the brothers, though, may have acted on their own using white face disguises. Yes, they may have. You can disguise that. You could put makeup on. There is actually, interestingly enough, a video. You know, I think police did minimal investigation in this case. It was. It took me all of five minutes to Google. You know, I was looking up the brothers, and one of the first videos that showed up actually was one of the brothers in white face doing a Joker monologue with white makeup on. And so it's not. It's not implausible. So you're you're. Don't never ever trust Whitey. Right. Saw somebody. Saw a Nigerian with clown makeup on. Right. That that's a white guy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Clowns, white people, so hard. I just I have friends. I have family members in Chicago land, and I've got to call each and every one of them and warn them that there are Nigerian bodybuilders wearing white face, just roaming the streets, taking victims <laughs> in MAGA hats. In man, that's how you know them. And they're just taking victims wherever they find them. And you got to like her taking on the police department there, saying they didn't do a very good job in their yeah. uh, their investigation. And I Googled this. took me like two minutes to figure this out. I've solved the crime. They didn't try very hard. How do you like that, Eddie Johnson, superintendent of police? How do you like that uh, appraisal of your work and your forces work? And Smollett then walks out of the courtroom in his aviator sunglasses looking all cool. Right. I'm a man. We all think you're a lying, crazy person. You realize that, don't you? It is, as we've mentioned, opening day across Major League Baseball. All 30 clubs in action. It's the beginning of the end for San sure Francisco. Sure glad the Yankees and Red Sox are doing well. Oh, <laughs> it's the beginning of the end for San Francisco Giants manager Bruce uh, Bochy. The beginning of what the San Diego Padres and their long-suffering fans hope is a return to greatness behind their all-star slugger Manny Machado. Bochy begins his final season as manager when the Giants open against the Padres. And that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. That's our uh, bald eagle that we keep chained in the studio to symbolize freedom right there. That's what that squawk is. Makes my heart swell with patriotic pride to see him chained there, Jack. Symbolizing <laughs> <laughs> freedom. Exactly. <laughs> uh, oh, I didn't mention why experts are calling for the word cyclist to be banned. Plus, a news feature on CNN from 1998 you might find amusing. Cool. All coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. <laughs> to surprise twins one month after son's birth. Oh! This woman had, a, this woman had a baby a month ago, wow. then was rushed to the hospital yesterday and delivered twins, not realizing oh, she had any more babies in her at all. Wow! So not just a bonus baby, but bonus twins. She had, that had to freak her. Poor woman had to be terrified. She had two wombs, it turned out. Was simultaneously pregnant in both, the first with her son, the other with twins. Wow. He is like a little baby. That's right, Mr. President. Incredible. He is like a little baby. There's there's two, yeah. Yeah. Right, 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 right. And one text about the Huawei phone. Are you kidding? 
Try a Huawei phone. They're twice as fast as Apple or Android, and they run on Google Android operating systems. These people just want them off the market because they're better phones and a threat to Apple. Well, I don't have any idea how good a phone they are. That may be. They're also an active agent of the Chinese government. The one does not disprove the other, my simple-minded friend. It could be ten times better than an iPhone or an Android phone. You still can't allow it in the country. And one of the reasons, the only reason they are competitive in, in this space is because of the stolen technologies of American companies that they're using Thank to make you. Thank you, and John. And apparently they've improved them somehow or something because they're better, according to that guy. But anyway, he could be an American. That is, that is a very, they are technically a very sound phone. I've heard that hmm. in multiple places, and that's one of the reasons it's an effective spying tool. Gotcha. Because they're good. Yeah, yeah. So this is really amusing. Congratulations to alert listener Carol, who emailed the story to us at mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. A story from, well, it's 20-plus years ago, 1998. CNN retracted a story televised and published jointly with Time magazine that alleged the U.S. military used a nerve agent to kill defectors during the Vietnam War. And they talk about <clears throat> not only the retraction of that story, but... Uh, a big survey by the Freedom Forum Media Studies Center in which 66% said of people said stories are made up and passed off as real in the media. Said uh, Robert Giles, executive director of the center, there have been more public mea culpas in journalism this year than at any time in history. Oh, brace yourself, Robert. Brace yourself. <laughs> this is Joe from the future <laughs> telling you you ain't seen nothing yet. Panelists blame the rash. Invest in Apple! (laughs) Throw down a few bucks for me as well! (laughs) Panelists blame the rash of debacles on weak editing, pressure to beat the competition, and new journalistic forms that involve narrative retelling of events that reporters didn't witness. Said David Shaw, media critic for the L.A. Times, who also has a haunting coming. David, you have no idea how bad it's about to get. (laughs) And he said, and I quote, people are stretching the envelope, pushing the envelope, trying trying harder and harder to bring attention to themselves, both individually and institutionally. Mm. True that, my friend. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, 1998. Simpler time, Joe. Slightly. (laughs) (laughs) What was pre... I put everything I had into those emerging tech stocks. It was pre the bad part of the internet. I have, let's see, $50,000 in (laughs) dogfood.com, 100K in in grocerystore.com. I had a a solid quarter million in we'll sell something eventually dot com. Simpler times. Yeah. What are you trying to summon up the uh, the wherewithal? Kinda, yeah. How's your wherewithal coming along? Not I, good. I got something over here. My wherewithal, although low. it's a little doomy over here too. Frankly, I've been sitting on this story all day long. It's incredibly important, and I just haven't had the heart to say it out loud. Okay. Fifty-seven percent of Americans want more federal intervention in their lives. They want more government. I'd like to know exactly how that was worded. Would you? Yes, that's what I just said. (laughs) By comparison, just 9% wanted less government intervention, and 23% said the government is currently doing enough on behalf of Americans' overall well-being. And that is the way it was phrased. Do you 
you think the government should be doing less, more, or the same to ensure your economic and social security? 56.5% wanted more. Yeah, well, the way that's worded, I mean, I would be skeptical of that, but I, I can see the way, the way that's worded. It would sound to me like, do you want the government to spend their time on making sure I have more prosperity and security? Yes. Yeah, I suppose I would, assuming the government exists. Well, we, has to exist. I would like them to spend their time on that. You know, I think you've uncovered something there, Jack, in your plain-spoken... Uh, moronic way. Moronic way. <laughs> come to be known for... Well, no, you could answer... The, I mean, you could interpret that question so many ways. I mean, as a small government guy, uh, do you think the government should be doing more to ensure your economic and social security? Well, I would answer no, but I could see somebody saying, yeah, they ought to just tear down all the most of the regulations right. and simplify government, and the IRS should should change the tax code. So, yeah, Congress should simplify taxes. That's the government doing something, I guess. So, yeah, I think that question is just flawed. I may take my son to his first baseball game this year. Yes. Probably a crime that he has not been to a baseball game yet, as he is a third grader. But he's never been to a major league baseball game, and uh, or any baseball game. My first one is seared into my my memory. I was about his age, I guess. I have to ask my dad. I don't mm. remember. But I was about his age, probably. The first time I I walked into a professional sports stadium, I think it was a football stadium. You don't forget it. <laughs> but it was the, the biggest, most green. Sure. Like it was, it was an overwhelming sensual experience. Yeah, exactly. Everything just oh my. Goodness. You the, do not forget it. The green of the grass, the white of the bases, seared into my little five-year-old brain. The in my pink case. of the cotton candy. I don't remember that, really, because I'm not some sort of junk food hog. I'm a baseball fan. I do remember the food and drink. I do remember the food and the drink. The nitrates in the hot dog. Giant the, Coca-Cola and a giant hot dog. Yeah, yeah. Well, and guys Who walking... Knew hot dogs could be so huge? Guys walking down aisles bellowing at you that they would give you food where you sat. Some hot dog! <laughs> Who wants a hot dog? Yeah, I do! That's pretty cool. Get a yeah. guy doing the behind-the-back peanut toss. Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> that was the coolest guy on earth for that two minutes. <laughs> right there. At the stadium I went to, it was my first time I ever saw a trough. Where everybody oh. in uh, the old never seen that. Yeah, old timey. This is where we all whip it out, all of us together. You're in while discussing the uh, outfield and their credentials. Or how so and so's a bum. Right. Mm, <laughs> overpaid, not to. overpaid for him, didn't they? Oh, oh, Eyes up and straight ahead, youngin. <laughs> That's right. Yikes. Yeah, I hate to be that, that size, though. Your head's way down there low. <laughs> you know, did, did, staring at a bunch of like, grown-up men. Oh, boy. Nobody wants that. So that's, that's a mystery to me. Did people drink l- less fluids back in the day? Because I remember going to, to hockey games in particular at Chicago Stadium. And there were, like, two toilets for 20,000 people. That's a good question. All your older stadiums have hardly any bathrooms at all. Did people urinate less back in the day? Right. There were, like, a total of four holes for men and four for women. I and and you would walk in and guys would be going in the one urinal, well, we know. also in the one stall, also in the one sink, and also in the one trash can. I, I remember that when I went to see, uh, I was at Fenway to see the Red Sox. Mm. Uh, the one time I went there, I think they've redone it since I was there, geez, twenty years ago. But there's, I was amazed. There's like two bathrooms. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so people back then, when when was Fenway built? Nineteen fifteen or something like mm-hmm. that. People were, the average guy was 5'4", 115 pounds. Do you just urinate less when you're that size? I don't know. I don't know. I thought I had my $10 million idea a few years back. I pitched it to every major league club. I got 30 no's. The idea? Funnel at every seat. 
Wow. That's just true. goes down into a... Into the bowels of the stadium. <laughs> right. And into the sewer system. That's not a bad idea. You don't even have to get up. You just kind of put your program over your lap. You lean forward a little and... Makes bingo, you buy bingo. a program. Yeah. Sure. Women, obviously. There's you wait until there's a fly things. ball and everybody's attention is diverted. Right. <laughs> exactly. Joe, stand up. They scored. Yeah, give me a minute. <laughs> I'm telling you, boss. I've got a couple of wise guys on our hands. Some real tough nuts to crack. Oh, they're stunning Teddy over here. Hey, Rocky, give him the final thoughts. What are you going to do? Wow. Here's That's your host, Joe Getty. The threat of violence there. <laughs> Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up. Marshall Phillips, your final thought? Well, I had to employ some of Michelangelo's emergency driving techniques on my way into work this morning. I was driving about 30 miles an hour on or near the shoulder of the freeway, emergency lights flashing, horn honking, after all of a sudden a terrible sound of metal dragging on the right side of my car. It just started happening, and it I, I, it's it your tailpipe. It wouldn't go away. Anyway, mm. it sounds like something's wrapped around uh, one of the tires on the side of my car. You get some bailing wire, you wire that up, it's good for another 10 years. I've done sure. it myself. Exactly. Michelangelo, final thought. Uh, real quick here, I went and I got a uh, Cracker Jack from the uh, break room. Haven't had one since I was a kid. Hoping for a toy surprise, want a small crescent wrench. Part of the baseball <laughs> fever you got. Yeah, I got you. Positive Sean, final thoughts. Yeah, I got to do some uh, blood work today uh, a little bit later on, so I'm on a about six hours of not eating anything, and I got another at least two more to go. So if you hear a story in the news of me just attacking somebody unprovoked, <laughs> wow. just now you know why. Wow, the cannibal king. Jack, final thought for us? Yes, opening day baseball. I got some I got some baseball. I remember I went to opening day Kansas City Royals there at uh, the time Royals Stadium. I had a number of drinks. We're in a tank top. Got fell asleep. I remember. I took a nap. Got so sunburned I could barely walk to my car. The story keeps getting better. My final thought is: don't do that. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people with thanks for a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can email us. Is something we ought to be talking about? You have a comment? Armstrong and Getty. I'm sorry, it's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. George Brett hit a home run while I was asleep. God bless America! This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here! Get! Get! And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Buttigieg is so good. Armstrong and Getty.